Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, April 7th, 2022. Truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. These are the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus is saying it is hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's where we're in a conversation. Most of us listening to this podcast or me speaking in this podcast, by any objective standard, most of us are probably really actually rich. Whether you compare uh, us to the rest of the world or throughout history, right? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we have. It's hard for us to think that way because we think, well, no, rich people have more than than I do. But again, if you were to look at probably most of the people that are listening right now and we compare that to the rest of the world, even just what the expectation of life would have been during the time of Christ, we have a lot of stuff. And Jesus is saying it's hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of God. So much so that even the disciples They say, who then can be saved? And we're reminded of the power of God and the gospel. But this should get all of us thinking a little bit with these strong statements from Jesus as we look at the story of the rich young ruler today. We'll be looking at Matthew 19, 13 through 30, Mark 10, 13 through 31, and Luke 18, 15 through 30. And mostly we'll be looking at the account in Matthew, but each of these tell the story of the rich young ruler. It actually begins with this story of the children coming to Jesus, the disciples turning them away. Um, But Jesus saying, no, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. But then we see this interaction with this rich young man. Now let's notice a few things. Um, the, The rich young man comes and initiates the conversation. In Matthew 19, 16, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? Now there, I think we see one of the first big problems with this young man. I don't think he is accurate in his assessment. Has he really kept all of these commandments? I'm doubtful. And I think even what Jesus says shows, no, this guy is not really a follower of God. That This guy is not somebody that's really about keeping the commandments. And also, we've already seen Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount speak what, you know, about murder and adultery and stealing and all these different things really as issues of the heart. And that's where I think he's really going to expose this young man's 
heart. And so that's where we began by talking about it might be difficult for many of us to admit that we are wealthy when really if we were looking at things objectively, we should say, well, yeah, we are. Um, I think what's even harder for people to admit is that I'm not good. I have not kept the commandments. And really, I think that's something that this passage should drive home to us. There is no such thing as a good person, right, in the eyes of God. And that's where I think that's a lot of the difficulty of sharing the gospel in the United States of America. We live in a nation full of people who are wealthy and think that they are good. So that's kind of a double whammy obstacle for them to really come to Christ um, as we see this. So Jesus, he challenges this young man in verse 21. He says, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So there we see the challenge that Jesus gives, and I think the rest of the Bible is clear. Selling everything you have and giving it to the poor is not a requirement for salvation. Um, But that is what Jesus challenges this man to do, and I think it really gets to the covetousness that had a grip on this man's heart. So no, he was really not um, fulfilling all of the commandments, because clearly this guy loved his stuff. He wanted more stuff, and he wasn't going to give away that stuff. But what we do see is if you want to follow Christ, and this is kind of now bringing it back to the point, why is it hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, if you want to follow Christ, what it does translate throughout the entire New Testament as something that is involved in the Christian life, you are prioritizing the life to come over this present life. We do see that, somebody that is a follower of Jesus Christ. I mean, even go back to the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, or in the version in Luke, right? Blessed are those who are poor now, those who weep now, uh, those who mourn, uh, you know, all these things now, um, because a change is going to come, right? Uh, There's a kingdom that is coming, and a follower of Jesus Christ is saying, that kingdom is my priority. And then we're, we see more just of Jesus speaking of the blessing of that. At the end of the passage, Jesus says, truly, I say to you in the new world, when the son of man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. There, Jesus makes it clear he is a king and he is going to return and he is going to sit on his glorious throne. Do you believe that? That is something Jesus calls us to believe as Christians. And so wealth um, can be a distraction getting us to think about the here and now instead of thinking about the coming kingdom. Think of Matthew 6 where Jesus says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in this world. And then it goes on to, well, don't be anxious even about the things of this world. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. One characteristic of somebody that follows Christ is they will care more about the kingdom of Christ in the future than they do about their own kingdom and their own stuff right here and right now. 
and we will even be focused on the rewards that are to come. I mean, he says a strong statement to the disciples, and even this is one of the statements in the New Testament that makes it hard for me to buy when people are like, yeah, Israel's done. It's now just the church. No, he tells the disciples they're going to sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And then we see, well, there's a reward for everyone who follows Christ and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first, right? He's promising rewards to those that make sacrifices in this life for the sake of the kingdom. So what should we do with all of this, right? The point of this is not to, well, hey, if you are wealthy, you should feel guilty about that. No, that, that's not the point that Jesus is making. I think all of us need to acknowledge, hey, there is a war going on in my culture, in my own heart, that that's going to try to draw me to the here and now, to prioritize the stuff I have right now, where Jesus is calling me to prioritize the kingdom. So how can you check the health of your own heart when it comes to wealth and riches and knowing, well, hey, am I um, doing what Jesus called me to do and, and really focusing on the kingdom? Am I storing up for myself treasure in heaven? Well, here's a couple maybe diagnostic things to think through and pray through. When it comes to finances, is that something that generates a lot of anxiety for you? Again, think of Matthew chapter 6, where that's where Jesus goes after he tells them, hey, you can't serve God and money. Then he goes on to, well, are you anxious about these things? Are you content? Or do you find yourself always wanting more? That can be a sign of, of covetousness or discontentment or really prioritizing the things of this world. And I think another thing, he talks about sacrifice. Are there ways you are sacrificing um, for the sake of the kingdom. I mean, are you a generous person with the wealth and with the stuff that God has given you? Are you saying, hey, I'm sacrificing some of that to serve the cause of the kingdom? If somebody could have access to all of your financial records, would they be able to see, man, this person cares about the kingdom, right? This person is investing in heaven, Right? They're investing in the kingdom. They're investing in the work of the gospel, right? That they're literally putting their money where their mouth is. Are those things true of you? And I think the overarching theme here is wherever you're at, believer, focus on the kingdom that is coming. We don't think of that kingdom as real as we should. We can easily get caught up in the things of this world because that's what's right in front of us. That's what's before our eyes. That's where we feel the pressure and the urgency and the necessity. But there is a kingdom that is coming, and it's a much bigger deal than whatever is going on in this world right now. And that's one reason why I encourage people to read the Bible every day because the Bible and reading it puts that in front of us every day and reminds us of the kingdom that is coming and helps us put more of our focus and more of our priorities there as opposed to getting caught caught up in the things of this world. And so I hope that as we consider this story of the rich young man today, we are more focused on the kingdom than we were before we read this and more excited to, to store up treasure in heaven and to make sacrifices in this world because we know Jesus has said it will be worth it. I will not regret in heaven, in the kingdom, I will not regret sacrifices that I have made for that now. I will not regret it. So let's live like that's true.
And one reason we why we can live like that is true is because we serve a faithful God. And we see more of that faithfulness as we go back to Joshua today, Joshua 11 through 13. And as we consider these chapters, we're going to see more of a record of the faithfulness of God. You remember what we talked about in our last reading was how they they come in, you know, through Jericho and then Ai, that's kind of in the center of the promised land. And then they conquer, you know, the southern part of Canaan. Well, today in chapter 11, we really read about their conquest of northern Canaan. And again, God does the work. He brings these kings out uh, to them. And even the Lord says, don't be afraid. I will give all of them over to you. This is the work of God. So even in the conquest, it's not like, wow, Joshua was such a military genius. It's really, no, God was with the people of Israel, just like he said he would. And then chapter 12 gives a record of the faithfulness of God through all the kings that Moses had conquered, all the kings that Joshua had conquered. We know that there's land still to be conquered, but remember in the law, we saw that was what God said. Hey, we're going to do this a little bit in stages so that the land isn't just totally desolate and you know wild beasts don't take over the land because all the people are gone and it takes you a while to settle it. But we see that God has been faithful and we even start seeing the record of the the tribes on the eastern side of the Jordan, the land that they were to possess. So God was faithful. He kept his promises to the people of Israel, and he's going to keep his promises to you today uh, if you trust in them. So may we trust the promises of Jesus. May we not get sucked into the things of this world. May we focus on the kingdom that is coming. And even with our our wealth and our financial resources, may we not get caught up in anxiety or covetousness about that, but may we be generous uh, people and, and invest actively in the things of eternity because we will not regret it in the end. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.